Welcome to the Soul Rollers podcast, where we discuss jiu-jitsu, life and self-mastery. Here are your hosts, Jackson Gage and William Dennis. Avoid legal snags. Okay. No, I don't care about that. Okay. All right, there we go. Okay. Here we are. Episode number two of the uh, Soul Rollers podcast. If you didn't listen to number one, you should, because it explains why we're doing this. And uh, basically, in short, myself, Jackson Gage, and William Dennis there. Uh, we basically, we, uh, started jujitsu kind of around the same time. I mean, within the same, we're both beginners and we've, we're friends before this and we found a passion for this sport of jujitsu, uh, that mixes in well with our passion for just self mastery. And we find ourselves talking throughout the week constantly about jujitsu. So we figured we would just record our conversations and share it in case somebody may need, may relate or may find some little piece of gold from it, you know, something that, they, that may help you. So this week we talked about a ton of different things and uh, I kind of just wanted to, maybe we can go over some of the things we talked about or just talk about our week in review, man. Um, I just, just got back from training. I just right now got, uh, uh, you know, humbled again and, uh, I think real quick, I think that's something that we can just kind of start off on, man, is just the uh, the idea of being continuously, continuously humbled, because I know that was at least from my side of the, the messages this week. Every time I messaged you after class, I was like, hey, man, I just got fucking humbled. And then the next day, hey, man, humbled again. Hey, man, you know, and uh, it's it's uh, if you if look at it. I mean, it's a hard thing to deal with, but if you look at it the right way, man, it just really makes your days better. It makes your life better. Being, and I don't know, why do you think that is, man? You know, like. I think like, I, I don't know if I sent you that quote that I read, but it talked about how, you know, we're put here to face adversity and difficulty. And in that we begin to shine, we begin to find ourselves. So I, it, in that quote, it talked about how God used, it's almost like he created us as wrestlers and we're put there to kind of go against people to raise ourselves up. Like we roll against each other to become better. You sharpen me, I sharpen you. You know, we're meant to face difficulty, to face adversity. It's not supposed to be easy and comfortable and smooth like our society tries to make it. So I think that's the key to it is why do we seek comfort? Why are we seeking, you know, ease when we are never built for that? We are built to shine through adversity and to grow and to evolve and to overcome challenges. And it's almost like society slowly tricks us into thinking that we don't need that or we're not supposed to have that and just rely on, you know, society to do it for us. And we'll just become a pawn for society to kind of steer us in directions they want. You, you stop being, you know, self-reliant and resourceful and understand that, hey, we are meant to overcome, you know, and I think jiu-jitsu the quality of it is found in that it's like hey here's your reminder every day that you're better than you thought you were you know and and really it gives you the key because i was just talking to a coach about this where he was saying like 
it's like you have to overcome this thing in your mind and i know we can talk about this because we're both in law enforcement even in like the most violent fights i was in my brain was like oh you're tired you can't do this anymore and i'd have to tell my brain like no we don't have a choice you have to keep going i would have to override my mind my mind once it got to a point where it was so exhausted my brain goes okay stop and i'm like you can't stop when you're in a fight for your life you have to keep going and i would have to tell my brain no keep going you have to go or my brain was like oh well, we're gonna puke if we keep going i'm like i don't care keep going so you have to get into circumstances that challenge you enough for you to overcome yourself for you to overcome this comforting weak mind that you have and i just think the gold of jujitsu is it brings you against yourself and your ego every day where it's like when you're on bottom and someone's roll, you're rolling with someone and you're like, oh man, my grip is tired. I just want to let go. I just, I don't want to do this anymore. And you have to tell your brain like, this is when it actually counts. You, the rolls don't even count until you're exhausted. And then when you're exhausted, that's when it counts. It's like Muhammad Ali always talked about. He's like, I don't even start counting my pushups until I, I'm tired and I can't do anymore. And then yeah. I start counting them. That's what it, life is truly about. And I, I, I just feel like we've been tripped into thinking, Oh, but it can be so comfortable. It could be so nice and, and just easy. You don't need to think about anything, put everything on auto, you know, and just coast through life. And then, and then you get through your whole life. And you're like, wait, I didn't experience anything. The only yeah. thing we do between birth and death is experience life. And if you're in coast mode or autopilot, you aren't doing what you're put here to do. So I guess that's a long winded answer to your question. But I have yeah, also a couple of things that I could run by you that I've been thinking about that we could talk about as well, but just spin off of that and see what you think. Cause that was Keep a those answer. thoughts because yeah. Um, whatever you were going to say, don't lose those thoughts. But uh, yeah, real quick, just on what you said, if the, like the, the life of ease and the life of comfort, I think that's the way, like uh, the way society is set. Our society is set up is uh, it wants people to follow this, this path that's set out for them you know there's a path that's pumped into people's head and that's the path you set out for and people who are weak people who are just stuck in that matrix of thought follow this path that's been given to them their whole life and that's a path of ease you know you you grow up you go to school after you go to school you learn to become a good employee you learn to go to college you learn to get a good job oh and don't don't forget all the movies and everything around you tells you uh you should be you know you got to have one wife, two kids, and not that that's a bad thing, but there's a certain path set out that sometimes people get into that path without even really wanting to. And I've seen it because they think that's what we have to do. Oh, I'm this age, I gotta get married. Oh, this person I'm dating that I don't really like, but eh, fuck it, we'll get married. You know, I'll marry him. That's what society says, let's get married. Oh, that job that I don't really like, eh, fuck it, I'll stay here for life. You know, what else do I do? You know, it, uh, society says this is what I should do, right? I'm on the right path. Everyone around me thinks I'm successful. Right. But inside you go home and you fucking sit there in your own misery and you and you wonder what your fucking life is about and why you're here and what you're doing. And if there's more. And uh, I believe that that, you know, the way out of that, like you said, is to find things that make you extremely uncomfortable. And um, throughout my life, there's nothing that's made me more uncomfortable than, than going to jujitsu day. You know, I've, I've tried a lot. of. Let me put it this way from a young age, man, I've been looking for things to make me uncomfortable. You know, even becoming a cop, the number one reason was to get, not for the career choice, but because I was like, fuck, 
that's going to be uncomfortable as shit, bro. You know, I can't even, I'm so quiet that I can't even keep a conversation with, I don't even want to talk in front of more than one person. So what if I put myself in a situation where I have to control emergency situations on a radio and the whole fucking department's listening to you and you can't fuck up because it's life or death, you know, from a quiet kid to that situation, what kind of growth can you experience? Okay, let's do it, you know? Oh, let's go to fucking the Amazon alone and do a fucking dr- ay- ayahuasca in the jungle. What can that do to make me uncomfortable? With all that, jujitsu is really the a thing that that anybody, I think anybody, you know, can get into and take themselves out of that life of of quiet desperation, you know, and into some because the what the jujitsu will do and what the discipline will do and what the daily challenge will do and what the getting out of your comfort zone will do will open up all these doors for you. You get into a different attitude, a different mental mind state, and you start seeing things from a different angle when you put yourself in those situations, man. And so, again, I think more than anything, this show that here that we're creating is kind of a, like, I, I just think anybody, I, I, I think anyone who is in that situation where they're like looking around thinking of what they can do with their lives, like go into a jujitsu class and start challenging the shit out of yourself like you never have before, you know? Like, I, I just, uh, I'll shut up after this, but I just got done, you know, with class. And, you know, I roll with this guy. He's a blue belt. He's my size, which, like, probably a little bigger than me. I'm about 200 pounds. And he's he's probably right about close to purple. And, you know, no matter how much I think I know, you know, I'm laying there on my back with his this guy's knee on my belly. And I can't breathe. And I can't move. And there's three minutes left in the round and I can't escape. And in my mind, in my mind, I want to just say, fuck it. I, I, I'm done. Get off me, dude. You know, that's what your mind wants to do. But you learn like, okay, I just got to survive this. I can survive it, you know? And then you, three minutes go by and you got your ass kicked, but you didn't die. And uh, you come out of it a stronger person because you put yourself in a situation that most people never will be in. So anyhow, yeah, man, that's... Uh, I don't even know what the initial question was, but I think we really touched on a lot of shit there. But uh, yeah, and I I, 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 know I watched this video on uh, the neon belly, and it's just really cool. Like, I would have to watch the video again to be able to describe it to you. But it it was like I put I kind of make space, and then I I put my arm through, um, like the their legs and wrap it around my leg, and it it made me get I got it the other day because someone did a neon yeah. belly on me. And I actually got a sweep from it. It's weird. I don't know how it an works. Escape? I have to watch the video again. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. like an send, escape send me the video. Belly. Really cool because I'm like, how does that even work? And then I just, someone did it to me, a higher belt. I'm like, oh, I'm going to try this. And either they let me do it or I don't know. But I, w- I went through and then hooked my leg. And then it, it provided the perfect way to sweep. I don't know how it works, Gross. but it was cool. I'll send you that. Send me that um, video. Because the neon belly is a very weird, awkward position that is very uncomfortable. I'm like, I don't like this at all. It's uh, you know, when you especially when does it if to you, you're like, especially, Ew. especially if, if they do it fast. You know, like he was doing it, and I was already out of gas, and you're just like, yes, fuck. fuck. You know, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, Somebody that guy does not do jujitsu. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, oh man. You remember what you were thinking of a minute ago? You said you had a couple thoughts you wanted to ask yeah. me about or touch one, on or something. One thing I was going to, because I, yeah, I went to class yesterday, and as we were doing the warm-ups, we were doing, like, uh, you know, technical stand-ups and, you know, all of that stuff. As I was doing a technical stand-up, I was like, man, 
I, I don't remember them teaching me this in law enforcement, you know? So my thing was, is I was going to ask you, so we can kind of tie in our past with law enforcement. I know law enforcement is kind of like a hot topic right now and the yeah. training and the issues that they have with uh, police brutality and all that stuff. And so I wanted to kind of bring in uh, your thoughts on if you had jujitsu training when you were an officer, what would have been different about your career? Do you know like certain stories that you could share or like certain concepts? I'm like, dude, if I just knew a technical standup, I would feel more secure at how I was getting off the ground. Everything would have been different, I think. So what do you think about that as far as tying those two together? Because we do have law enforcement experience, so we can speak on it. Um, I was just thinking like, man, what I know as a two-stripe white belt, which is nothing, is so much more than I knew when I was a cop. And I remember as a cop, a young, I started when I was 22 years old, which is very, very young. Um, I was like walking out of the station and I had a gun and, and I was carrying my bag to the car. And I'm like, I almost felt like I snuck through the system. I'm like, am yeah, I yeah. supposed to be allowed to do this? Like I have a yeah, yeah. weapon. I, like, is anyone watching me to see? Like, yeah. they should just grab me and be like, son, you're too young. Give me that gun, you know? And yep. so what do you think jujitsu would have done, would do, I guess, asking the questions correctly it would be important would do to law enforcement and the things that we're facing now as a society as far as law enforcement yeah yeah well that's a really good question that i haven't had time to think about but good. off the top of my head <laughs> um as far as as far as for for my career you know just personally um i mean for one just like you said, even at this level, and I'm a white belt, and I've been, I don't know, year and a half, maybe a year solid without injury training, um, I feel 100 times more confident now at 41 when I'm, you know, not lifting weights. I'm not freaking, you know, I was 24, 25 when I was first start being a couple. I was lifting all kind of weight. I was strong and fucking huge ego, just tremendous ego, you know, and uh but I didn't know how to fight, man. You know, I had anger. I could get myself out of a fight with my aggression for sure. You yep. know, I mean, I've done it, but and mindset, mindset and aggression will get you pretty far, man, when it comes down yes. to your life. But there's a lot of cops out there that don't have aggression, don't have the aggression and the mindset, you know, and they don't have the fighting skills. And that's very fucking dangerous for them. You know, well, how much would you have needed the aggression? And, and I'm agreeing with you because honestly, I'm smaller than 99% of the people I fought as a cop. Like I was always the smallest guy and I always brought a gun to the fight. So yeah. I was 145 pounds, 150 pounds and I'm six one. So tall, lanky, you know, very small build. And I, my mindset every day when I would, I would work out every day before I went to work and I would be like, my thought was I have to be willing to go darker and deeper and willing to suffer more than the guys I fight. Cause they're all bigger and stronger than me. So my mindset was I need to be more aggressive and more violent, more willing yeah. to inflict harm on them than they are willing to inflict on me. Yeah. And so I would force myself to work out harder, run farther in the, the idea that when I get to work, okay, we're going to get in a fight and I have to want to hurt you more than your, your brain will allow you to hurt me so I can win. And that was because I didn't have training and I didn't know what else I could do. So aggression and mindset like that was all that would get me through and exactly. you know, save my life. And so I'm agreeing with you. And so with that in mind, if you didn't have, like, what would be different if you had the training? Do you, do you think you would yeah. have relied on no, yeah. aggression so much? No. Yeah. No, I'm uh, yeah. I'll let me, um, I'll, I'll get to that point. Um, but prior to that, just, just for the, the listener who's not, who's never been, who's never experienced it. 
as a cop, as a police officer, um, and I don't know how many have this mindset, but you have one thing that I know that I employed and just from working in personal development and working on my spirituality and life mindset is very important. And without that training, you know, you have to, as a cop, you have to have the mindset, like you have to carry a mindset that the person in front of you knows that you're going to fucking win this battle. You know, you have to, before you even get to jujitsu, you have to have that mindset. Like, uh, and, and the guys on the streets, they can read the cops who are scared and don't have that mindset, you know, and that's where things get ugly, you know, because you can really control, a, uh, I think you can really control a situation just with your presence, you know, just with your, you good? Yeah, the um, guy inside's like violently lowering down the blinds, so it's super uh, the first oh, episode, I had to like had to correct my kids as they were like yelling and screaming. And this episode, I I'm hanging out at Starbucks so that it could be nice and loud too. So yeah, just keep rolling, just roll with it. But uh, <laughs> what I was saying was, um, you, you got to approach every situation like uh, with like this crazy confidence. Like the guy in front of you has to feel your energy and know, and you have to know like no matter what, motherfucker, if we have to die, you're gonna be the one dying. You know, I'm not gonna fucking die. I'm ready to kill you, motherfucker. When I walk up to you, I'm ready to kill you. You got to have that mindset first and foremost. And then, you know, I think uh, that mindset is different than a fear mindset where guys are getting in these shootings because they're a little bit, of, they, their fear takes over a little bit. But anyhow, all that be, that's another fucking deep topic we can get into. But, but with the, <laughs> with the jujitsu, that, that would have changed the confidence level. Like if, I believe if all officers were trained like to the level of blue belt, it would be a whole different world right now, you know? You train all the yeah. cops to the level of blue belt and then teach the public, put out public service announcements, teaching them, you know, if you do this, you can get into a forced situation. If you don't listen, you can get it, you know. So educate the public and train the cops better in jujitsu and it will change. That would be the fucking key, I think, to everything, man, you know? Yeah. But I, I think that, I've seen a lot of fights where if the officer knew jujitsu, there would be less injury, you know, um, the suspect wouldn't be as hurt, you know, cause you can, you can control them better. Um, uh, yeah, I think for me, like, because of my size, I, I had to, for one, I had the mindset like you're talking about, which we may have to go into deeper details. Cause I think if someone might be hearing how we're talking about without, having law enforcement background they may not get what we just explained because it sounds more violent and like well, it sounds oh, like yeah. a problem you know what i mean yeah um, yeah yeah. It, like it's like i said you bring a gun with you to every single fight you get into whether you want to be in the fight or not and people yeah. grab your gun people try to get it people attack you it's it's not a pretty scene you're not going into uh you know it's not like you're walking into like a daycare and just hugging babies all the time you're not doing that it's a very violent thing that you're interacting in and, and it's not fun and it's not pretty and it's not safe it's just it's not like people see in the movies it's just a very hard thing to explain if you've never experienced it um so i just want to lay that out so they don't think we're just very violent people that's not i don't, I don't define myself as that especially not anymore um but for me i think my first instinct was to act as viciously as possible as quickly as possible to end it as quickly as possible, not to injure someone as hard as I could, but just the faster I acted and the more harshly I acted, the quicker the fight was over. So it yeah. could be one single strike that was very hard, but 
that was it. The fight was over and he's in handcuffs. And I would do that to protect myself and protect that person. Cause really with the limited training I had, that was the best way to handle the circumstances, you know? And, but I think use of force and you tell me how you, what you think, if you had the training, you know, of a blue belt or, or higher, how apt, I think for me, I would use force a lot less because a lot of times I had to strike, you know, someone in the face or strike them uh, or do something like violent in order to, to kind of, and, you know, get rid of the threat. Whereas it was just because I had a lack of options. But if I had, you know, a better proper understanding of, you know, controlling their wrist or their arm or something like that, the stuff they taught us in the academy just didn't work. It was, it was almost laughable. You know, the only way to work if they were willingly following our verbal commands and giving us their arm the way we wanted them to give it to us. And then, yeah, it would work, but only if they let us do that, which no one will. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, for jujitsu, it's like, yeah, go ahead and resist. You're only going to hurt yourself. So you could just hold on to them and you wouldn't need to, I wouldn't use striking like I did. I wouldn't have used a lot of, you know, you know, positional things that I did. I wouldn't have used it if, if, so I think my use of forces would have probably at least gone down 50%, which for me, you know, and I don't know if you use force as much as I did, which I probably did more because I just had lack of training. Um, but I know I guarantee 50% of that would have been a much more peaceful career for me and a much more enjoyable career, which sad to say, I didn't have that option. So I don't know how you yeah. feel about that. Yeah. Um, well, I know one, one reason I think I did use force when I needed to, you know, like I, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. If there was a cop in a fight or something, like I would be the first one to be there because I enjoyed that type of stuff. You know what I mean? I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed just the adrenaline rush of, you know, the fight, man, you know, not that I wasn't looking for a fight now, because I think I, I think one thing that also is, is missing here is high level communication, you know, like in most situations, if a cop knows how to communicate, you're not going to fight anyway. You know, yeah. I, I've, I've talked to some of the meanest, most angry fucking gangster fucking parolees, you know, and if you talk to them correctly, if you speak their language, if you talk calm, if you talk respectfully, a lot of times you could just talk the motherfucker down, you know, but uh, what happens a lot of the time is instead of talking them down, uh, some of the officers who aren't trained well enough in communication or have never communicated, you know, with a lot of people and just don't have that experience. They, they raise their communication level, which pisses off the guy, which turns into a use of force, you know? So, I mean, that, that in itself, but yeah, just having a, having the experience of, of jujitsu again, raises your confidence level, which makes you a more calm person. And when you're a more calm person, you communicate better, which will reduce use of force for sure. You know? And then if you did have yeah. to get in a use of force, if you're at a blue belt level, most guys on the streets are just going to be, you're going to handle them like a rag doll. You know, it's going to be easy. And there's not going to be anyone injured, you know, yeah. you're just gonna be able to Absolutely. hold them. And yeah. So um, it's just I, restraints I'm, that you could restrain them so much easier. And really you wouldn't use strikes, which yeah. would prevent officers from damaging. I, I know I hurt my hands a lot from striking. I did. A, there's a lot of fights that I got in that, man, it hurt me just as much as I was hurting the suspect. It just wasn't good training. It wasn't good tactics. It just wasn't good skill sets that yeah. I think. And also for me and tell me what you think about this. Jiu-Jitsu has calmed me so much where because you've been so humbled so many times and, and you understand the, the vulnerabilities of a human being once you are, yours are exposed to you, um, it's made me less aggressive. It's made me not want, like I train and what's kind of funny is I train and, 
and roll and do the stuff you do at jujitsu. So I never have to be in another fight. I don't ever want to be in another fight, but if it happens, I could just, I know how to protect myself and restrain the person, but it's like, I'm free from ever kind of, cause there was something about being a young officer where I wanted to check myself. Like I wanted to know what I was capable of. And so I was putting myself in those circumstances, testing myself against the universe, so to speak, saying, man, what if their gunfire started going off, would I run? Would I be scared? What would I do? And then it would happen and I would be there and I'd run towards it. And I'd be like, oh, wow, I, this is how I am. This is like, you know, you learn through that adversity of like, you learn who you are. I don't know if you've ever yeah. experienced that, but I like learned a lot about myself in those life and death circumstances. Some's valuable. Yeah, there's some value to it, but um, there, the, the learning that you get from jujitsu where it's like, okay, I've been through this struggle and these, these fights in training. So that on the streets, I don't, I don't need to prove myself to someone who flips me off and tells me I'm an idiot or something because he's got road rage or something. I don't care. You know, I'm not looking yeah. to prove myself or I know myself because of tr training. Does any of that make sense? Yeah. No, it, it makes total sense, man. You know? And, uh, I mean, yeah, being – basically, that's part of the humility, man, being humbled. You know, because the, the anger that seeks out anger – you know, if someone's showing you anger and you match their anger, you know, you return their gift, like like the Buddha quote says, you know, like anger. If someone gives you their the, the gift of anger, you, if someone gives you a gift, you don't have to accept it, you know. And if you yeah. don't accept someone's gift, whose gift is it? It's theirs, you know. Yeah. So if someone gives you the gift of anger and you don't accept it, that, that, that anger just stays and boils up and eats them away, you know. And uh, yeah. as you get humbled at jujitsu, yeah, you, you lose a lot of that anger. You know, because it's usually, and that can go perfectly into that Tom DeBlas meme that he put up, you know, the people that are, the one you sent me, you know, the people that have never gotten their ass whooped are the ones that will be yelling in your face, you know, out there freaking whatever they're doing, protesting and screaming at other people in the face and whatever it may be. That's because they haven't experienced an ass whooping, you know, and, and when you go in somewhere with a big ego, when you get your ass beat, it, it lowers that aggression really quick, you know? Uh, very yeah. fast, you know, um, I, real quick, I remember, uh, when I first went to jujitsu, I was also doing Muay Thai and, uh, again, I was 24 police officer, like you said, carrying around guns and shit, AR 15 in my car right here, shotgun right here. I was fucking good with that shotgun too, man. You know, fucking got the 40 caliber Beretta on your hip at all times when you're not at work and got the fucking Glock in your pocket, you know? young dude good with it you know and you're good with it too you know you can hit a fucking hit someone right between their eyes with it so you're not you get confident with the gun and uh and then you go into like muay thai with these guys who fight and you do light sparring and you realize that you're like a little fucking chump compared to the guys who know how to fight you know they're just like jabbing you in the face and you can't do nothing you know and uh that, that i remember going i remember uh sparring with uh, this heavyweight guy at this gym I was doing, I tried jujitsu at, and he was, he was winning. He was doing these cage fights in Lemoore and he was like knocking people out in the first round, you know? And then I, I go in there to fucking spar with them and he's, and it was a fucking nightmare. You know, it was a nightmare because you can't do anything. You're just getting hit in the face. And, uh, there's, if you have no experience, you just realize like, damn, I'm not as badass as I think I am, you know, not even close, you know? And then when that happens, you start having this, you, your anger and your shit talking and your, the way you treat other people changes because you realize you never know who out there who can just kill you with their hands at any minute, 
you know, and there's guys out there that can guys much smaller than you guys that look, you look at a guy and you're like, Oh, look at this little nerdy skinny motherfucker, you know, and it's just playing video games and you don't realize he could kill you, you know, with his hands, you know, you never fucking know. And so you have a new respect for humanity when you get your ass whooped repeatedly. So, um, yeah, man. Yeah. And I, I don't, I think we yeah, need to define ahead. like an ass kicking in jujitsu is not like someone just slapping you in the face and beating you up and throwing mm-hmm. you around. It's, 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 they apply resistance to your force and, and vice versa. So it's, as you're rolling, you're trying techniques, you're doing things, you get very tired. You're, you're exhausted. You're sweating. Your brain is saying, okay, I can't move anymore. I'm so tired. You just want to quit. That's an ass kicking to me. You know, yeah. it's not that they're punching me in the head and no. kicking me and, and I'm bleeding and I'm all beat up and everyone's laughing at me. I just want to make sure I don't no. like, let that be oh, yeah. misunderstood in our, in our descriptions. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. someone would be like, man, I'm never doing that. I don't want to go over there and get beat up. It's like, yeah, you no, know, it's, we're, they're applying resistance and you're tired because of it. It's yeah. We'll, we'll have to define that probably numerous times because I call it an ass whooping, but you feel like you yeah. got your ass whooped, but not in a painful way. You feel like you got your ass whooped in a spiritual fucking mental way, you know? And yeah. I, so just to clarify that, like William said, it's you're going when you when you roll with somebody or you 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 wrestle you do jujitsu submission grappling is what it is basically you're uh, you're going 100 percent but for the most part if it's a guy you're you're equal you're going 100 percent but you're not punching each other in the face or any of that stuff you're they're trying to submit you and you're trying to submit them and you're trying to make another man submit to your your skills and your technique. And what happens is it's one of the best workouts you'll ever have. So you get very fucking worn out and you breathe hard. And especially when you're new, you can't breathe. And uh, you're, you're experiencing this, you know, guy slowly taking a, maybe taking a top position on you. And in your mind, you're like, fuck, how do I stop this? I'm fighting my hardest to not let this happen. And he slowly gets on top of you, slowly puts his shoulder in your neck. You know, you can't breathe and you want to quit. And you're sweating and, and you can't breathe and slowly he takes your arm or your neck and he just slowly chokes you to where you got to give up. And that's an ass whooping. You didn't get hurt, but another man took all of your pride and fucking threw it out the window. And you realize that you're, you're, you know, you're, you're not as much of a badass as you thought you were, you know, and that's a good ass whooping to me. And uh, if that explains it, you know, you're not really getting beat up. You yeah. walk out of there fine every day. You know, as long as you're not crazy. I mean, there's a lot of spazzes and stuff that get hurt. It's I'm, I'm one of them, but uh, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, and then same with law enforcement. I, although I do feel like better training would solve a lot of problems, there are circumstances that I believe that require deadly force, that require these officers to make choices that they don't want to make, that they don't never want to be involved in, but they have to do it. And and so I fully support that as well i don't want this to be like a negative context towards uh, officers or anything like that or any of that i i really believe that sadly the police are required to protect us and do things that no one wants to do um so i don't want this to be taken out of context for that as well i i believe that circumstances that officers have to go through are heartbreaking they're sad and 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 uh, i truly believe they're they're heroes uh to put themselves in those situations so um, yeah I don't know. I just feel like there's, it's so easy to take things out of context. I'm maybe I'm yeah. not being over. No, no, it's good to clarify. It's good to clarify. And if anyone listening to this at any point, you know, has any questions or wants us to clarify something, we would love for you to let us know. You know, you can you can uh, leave notes here in the show. If it's on YouTube, leave comments. 
You can uh, hit me up at the increase life, DM me any questions. And William is at the, at the Will Dennis, the Will Dennis on Instagram. Yeah. Hit us up, ask us questions and clarify. And we'll clarify it in the, in the show. Just to go on off of what you just said. I mean, yeah, you have, you're put in situations where, and I was trying to explain this to a kid at my work who hates cops. Um, you're put in situations where you have a job to do. If the guy breaks the law in front of you and he has to go to jail, your job requires you to take him to jail. You can't just let him go. And if he doesn't want to go, then force becomes involved. And a lot of times you don't want to use force, but you have a job. To do. Anyone who has a job understands if your boss gives you something to do, you want to keep your job. You got a family to feed. You can't be jobless. You got to do the job they give you. Our job, a cop's job, our job used to be bringing people and putting them in jail for breaking the laws of this society. If you don't like the laws of this society, then live somewhere else. There's fucking laws. I don't like a lot of the laws, but you got to abide by it if you want to live here, unfortunately. So cops have a job to do, you know, if they're doing it right, they'll, they'll make you, you know, they'll, if they're doing their job right, they'll take you to jail if they need to. But I had a situation where I, um, this kid was a suspect in an armed robbery and uh, he was there with all his, his buddies. They were gang. They were in a certain gang there in Fresno, a very prominent gang in Fresno. It was late at night in a gang neighborhood, and um, I was patting him down. And I was walking him up for the infield lineup, like I was walking him. And he started he started yelling and fighting and barking and whatever he was doing. And I had to, and he started like swinging elbows at me. So I had to I had to slam him. And when I slammed him, the first thing that hit his head, the concrete was his head. And it sounded like a baseball bat. And uh, right when he hit the ground, he was like out cold. And I thought I killed him because I slammed him so hard. And I had to do it. He's trying to, I got to, he's trying to, basically he's trying to take my life is the way I looked at it. I didn't want to do it. The minute he hit the ground, my human nature kicked in. I was like, fuck, poor kid. Sorry, bro. So I got down on the ground. I thought I killed him. I got down on the ground and I like, I rubbed him. I was like, hey, you okay, buddy? Hey, buddy, you all right, man? And uh, he, he like, he shook his head, you know, but he was okay. You know, the ambulance had to come put the C-spine on him. I ended up um, smashing his whole orbital bone. He had to have reconstructive surgery and shit. I, I, uh, I had my sergeant call the hospital to check on him. I felt bad for like fucking, I still to this day ran into the kid later. And uh, he was like staring off into space. And one of my partners... Uh, I won't say his name, but I kind of want to because I like making fun of him. But one of my partners who was really a freaking dick was like looking at him. He's like, why are you staring at me? And the kid was like not answering. He's like, bro, you keep staring at me. And uh, the kid was like, ah, I got, you know, I got, uh, I tried to fight an officer a couple years ago and I got, I got slammed on my head and now I take medication and I like days off sometimes and shit. And I was like, fuck, that's the kid. And so then I pulled him to the side. I walked him over to the wow. side, just me and him. And I was like, hey, bro, I just want you to know, man. I didn't want to, he was there with his buddy, so I didn't want to tell him it was me. But I was like, hey, I want you to, the officer who did that to you, like, he was doing his job. And I've talked to him, and he, like, he feels really, he, he feels bad for having to hurt you that way, man. Like, he didn't want to do that. So I just wanted you to know that, man. And uh, it felt good being able to tell him that. But, you know. Unfortunately, he had a sawed off a couple, about a year later. He had a sawed off shotgun in his backpack and he killed another guy over a girl, went to prison for life. So, I mean, you know, it is what it is, but I still feel bad to this day that I had to smash his head. You know, I didn't want to do that, but it's something, fuck, I, it's my life or his basically, you know? So, you know, a lot of times cops got to do what they got to do, man, in those situations. 
So, yeah, you're, yeah, you're it's correct. sad. It, even when you hear stories like that, some people won't connect with the depth of what you're trying to share. Mm -hmm. um, and that's okay. And you arrived on a call where that same thing pretty much happened to me, where I, I hurt someone really bad, a young kid. And um, for me at the time, that was kind of a wake up call um, because of just how, and that's what the contextual part of being a cop is. You don't understand every single day you go to work, you interact with violence and these type of situations, but what you just described. And, and for you to, you're psychologically to be able to live through that every single day, day in and day out, so much violence, you have to begin to numb yourself to that humanity that came out of you, like you're talking about. Um, mine went away. Like it started going away. I had to numb it out because it became almost like a weakness when I was going into these circumstances that were so violent. I cared so much and I felt so bad when we'd hurt people or I saw people hurting. It made me so sad. I remember being in fights where I was hitting them. They weren't hitting me. But every time I struck them, I just felt terrible. I just hated it. I'm like, please stop fighting me. I hate this. I just wanted to stop hitting them. But I couldn't Elaborate. because they wouldn't stop fighting me. Yeah. Elaborate on that because it didn't, It didn't. Uh, again, just to clarify, because what you said, I get what you're saying. But what you said was, I felt really bad. I was hitting them. They weren't hitting me. Somebody well, who doesn't know what you're saying won't understand that. You know, they yeah. won't so understand you, what you just in said. A, you're in a fight, and, and so they, they swing at you or strike at you. You have to take them down, and you're striking them, trying to, you know, maybe it's a distraction blow, whatever it needs to do, stomach, knock the air out of them. They're fighting me. They're trying to get a hold of me, grab my gun. I'm striking them. Um, they're not necessarily hitting me in the face. I'm hitting them in the face. It's just it's in a fight, you know, in a fight, different things are happening. So it's not like they're just standing there. I'm punching them for no reason. Uh, we're in a fight, but I'm not being hurt as much as I'm inflicting hurt on them because I'm ready for the fight. They weren't necessarily ready for the fight. I circumstances, I, I, I would have to describe the fight that I'm talking about, but um, it's, you know, for me, I hated inflicting harm on someone else. I just didn't want to hurt people, but that was what the job required when, like you said, I have to take him in custody. And he says, no, what do you do? You have to make it happen. And so then they start fighting you. You have to fight them and you have to use the force necessary to affect the arrest. So you have to be violent. There's no getting around it. And so for me, it got to when you see so much violence over and over and over, your brain, just the adrenaline that you're constantly on, you just numb out to it. It just doesn't affect you as much anymore. And that same circumstance happened to me where that that kid, he looked identical to the guy I was looking for, wanted, you know, for, for violent stuff. And, and so when I approached him, I didn't know that he was, what he was hiding was a joint in his hand, which is worthless to do. I mean, at the time I'm like, I wouldn't have cared, but I didn't know. And he was afraid of getting arrested. And so he strikes me in the face right when I walk up to him and I struck him once right back and just, I fractured his orbital bone and just destroyed his face. Young kid. I mean, what if he would have lost his vision? You know, what if he would have never been able to see his eye again? And it was just because of the aggressive nature and, and you know, the interaction and everything. And, and I felt nothing at the time. And when you arrived, I remember seeing your face. That's what scared me. I'm like, okay, something's wrong. Because why would Jackson look the way he did? And I didn't know anything. I didn't feel anything. I didn't even care. And I'm like, yeah. something's wrong with me. I can't feel anymore. What is going on? And that's what, even with jujitsu, it's very intimate, like, you're experiencing your limitations, your weaknesses with someone that's your partner and they're helping you learn and grow. And, and like when I get tapped or something, I give them, I tell them, thank you so much for showing me that I didn't, 
I didn't know I was doing this wrong or whatever. I just very grateful for it. And it, it allows you to like accept defeat and be okay with it and learn and grow and know that you're safe and that you're, you're growing. But that wasn't an option when you're in, in that, those circumstances as, as that career just didn't allow. You can't make a mistake. You can't show weakness. You, you have to dominate them. You have to win the fight. And that can just wear you down psychologically. And the violence that you perpetrate on suspects, because that's what the job requires, is, is it's very sad. And to have to experience that and go through it and to feel what we felt about perpetrating violence against people, it's never something that an officer goes, yeah, that was so fun. I don't think so. I think all of us are hurting because of it. I, I don't think we we're meant to hurt people. And I know it's been a long journey to get to a very peaceful state through a lot of personal development to, for me to be able to be okay with what I experienced through that. And I still believe that jujitsu would have helped me a lot more than if I would have had it available to me. I wish, I wish it was part of my training then, you know? Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot. Yeah. I, I still, well, I see now a big surge in schools offering jujitsu for cops, you know, um, matter of fact, um, a good, an ex partner of mine, uh, in the Valley. Um, I believe he's in Visalia, man. Josh Bowling. You remember Josh? Yeah. He's yeah. got a, he's got a, he's got a school, um, in Visalia where he's offering, uh, free training to officers, I think right now. And a lot, I see that a lot. You know, I see the Gracie's, um, uh, what's his name? The one with the fucking hood and shit. He's offering, uh, Oh, where'd you go? I'm back. I think. Are. Okay. Hold on. Yeah, you're back. I'm at Starbucks, so I'm sorry. I'm in Visalia, actually. Now that you mentioned that, it's kind of oh cool. no way. You're in Visalia? Oh yeah. Yeah. Go see yeah. Josh. Um, but uh, yeah, if if officers were to the blue belt level, you would see a lot less problems because, on to be honest, there's a lot of there's a lot of of ego within the fucking police world realm. There's a lot of like yeah. a lot of ego. A lot of those guys. You know, and I'm speaking from experience because I've been around them. A lot of those guys have tremendous fucking egos, you know, just like this way outerly. And ego, ego is really to me, ego is in, in my interpretation, ego is like any spiritual teaching. Ego is kind of the dark nature of the of the teachings, you know, like if you look at if you look at like Christianity, I like to put the ego whenever they talk about Satan. You know what I mean? Like ego would be the devil, you know, and you're lack of ego is the less ego you have, the closer you are to connection, you know, the closer you are to oneness or God. And, uh, in the police world, there's fucking huge, huge egos walking around, man, you know, because you give a man that much power. And even though they're servants, you know, of the community, you can take, they take that out of context, man. And a lot of guys think that they're above the community. And, and I'm, and again, I'm speaking from experience, you know, I've dealt with a lot of dickhead cops before I was a cop. And I saw it, man, like, bro, stop talking to people like that and you won't get in so many fights, you know? And I think a lot of that, a lot of those guys need to walk into a jiu-jitsu gym and get humbled because if they got humble, they wouldn't be treating people. They wouldn't talk to people the way that they do, you know? And that's because you got to look at it from both sides. There, there are guys who don't talk to people right and who do treat people shitty, you know? And uh, yeah, so we've kind of gone deep into cops and jiu-jitsu, man today yeah let's you know? let's talk about some funny <laughs> some funny stuff let's some jujitsu lighter before we end this episode <laughs> yeah man 
Well, you, um, one thing you were talking about was, oh, do you have an idea? Do you have a, do you have a I thought? was just thinking, like, what's one of the funniest circumstances or experiences you've had in jujitsu uh, that would kind of bring some laughs or, like, something you did that was really silly or dumb or, or something you got caught in or just something funny? Um, yeah, that's a hard one off the top of my head. Uh, fuck, I'm getting caught in fucking stupid shit all the time, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I, I fucking... <laughs> I'm a clown every single day when I roll, man. You know, or what's like a big um, mistake you I know one mistake I made. I was rolling with coach, which is, you know, I always feel honored when coach because you gotta understand the levels in jujitsu. A white belt, like you literally I, I I'm moving so slow. Your brain compared to someone that's been rolling for a while, like coach, he already has like 10 different moves he can do every situation we get in. Like if I'm on bottom and I'm trying to defend him. He are, I'm defending like multiple submissions that he can put on me. And I feel like sometimes he just doesn't put it on me just because he wants me to keep trying and learn. And so yeah. he's just so far advanced. So anytime he's like, hey, Will, I'll roll with you. And I'm like, oh, wow, like, thanks, man. Because he, he's not benefiting from it. <laughs> I'm not yeah, teaching yeah. him anything. I can't yeah. pro- provide enough resistance really to make it that challenging for him just because he's so good, which is such an honor to be able to roll with someone that's that good. It's just wonderful. And it's an amazing experience, but um, sometimes it can be painful because <laughs> you're like, I, this is hard, but I was rolling with him and I'm, you know, a little excited. Cause I'm like, dang, this is so cool. I get to, he's so good, you know? And you and shit so, your pants. No, uh, oh, okay. that would have been, that would have been better. Um, cause I'm really in my, cause it just, it's, it's like he has like extra, like a, appendages because he's just so good he knows how to control your movement so well and so i'm always in like a weird position i'm like how do i even get out of this so my arm was kind of caught in between our bodies and so i'm trying to get my hand out so that i can you know frame up and try to escape but it's like he moved at the perfect time as i was and my arm slipped out and my elbow just came up and caught him right under the chin Uh, i just elbowed him right in the jaw uh, and i'm like oh dang it (laughs) <laughs> and so I'm like, way to go, you white belt spaz. You just elbowed your coach right in the mouth, probably chipped his tooth. And it was pretty hard, too, because he's like, ah, hold on a second. And I'm like, dang. So I'm so embarrassed. I'm like, sorry, yeah. uh, you know, sir, I'm so sorry. He's like, don't worry about it. No big deal. And he was totally cool, you know, and, and he didn't put it on me even harder or nothing like that. He was just really cool. No ego. You can tell he has zero ego. He just doesn't. None of that stuff bugs him. But I was so embarrassed. I'm like, dang, here I am rolling with the coach, which is like an honor. And I elbow him right in the mouth. Like, I don't know if you've experienced <laughs> something like that. Uh, yeah, I fucking knocked quite a few people, man, accidentally. I mean, yeah, I can't I can't think of any off my head. But yeah, that's another thing as a white belt. You know, you, you got to be careful. Let me speak up. <clears throat> as a white belt, you got to be careful because, yeah, I, I've... Uh, uh, I've I've done that numerous times, you know, need people in the head or just you're just spazzing out a little bit and you you can hurt somebody as well, you know, and it's it's some if you if you do that too much, people won't want to roll with you, you know, so you gotta be careful. But uh no, yeah, I can't honestly I can't think I'll have to think of something off I can't think of anything just because I feel like I'm constantly fucking doing really um doing dumb shit. So uh, but there was one thing that I wanted to uh, to, t- to touch on that you had mentioned during the week was um, how your coach was telling you, you know, sometimes you're the hammer and, and sometimes you're the nail. And that's a good concept just to give to somebody who's beginning, 
you know, and you might be the nail for a while when you first start. And you have, and I think you eventually be, turn into the hammer once in a while. But what do you think about yeah. that? Well, I, I think that's kind of the concept that we've begun the podcast with. So maybe it's good to end it on it. Um, where it's, it's like, as I mature as a white belt and I start learning and just kind of put, you're barely putting concepts together and understanding what you're doing when you're rolling. Um, and then say you get promoted to a blue belt. <laughs> you don't, it's not like that ends you, now you're you're just gonna you're a new kind of nail you're a blue nail instead of a white one because now mm -hmm. all those higher guys are going to be rolling with you and the challenges present themselves in a different way just because yep. you learn more in jiu-jitsu doesn't mean all the difficulty goes away it's still yeah. there even as a black belt coach is so uh open about saying hey i i still i, I barely know anything and and he's like and and that's where you can tell he doesn't have an ego. He just, he's like, all of you guys, my goal for you is all for you all to be better than I am. And, and he's not attached to any outcomes and he's just there to learn. And so he still has a mentality of a white belt. You know, he's not stuck on, he has an amazing half guard game, but that's not what he always plays. He's always learning new stuff and teaching us new stuff. And, and he doesn't want to limit himself. And that's for me is okay. I'm a nail, you know, I'm the nail right now. And then when I promote to blue belt, I'll be the nail again. Like it's, you don't get out of that, you know, yeah. maybe, oh, cool. And that's what I'm starting to see more valuable is rolling against guys where nothing I do works, but that is strengthening me so that when I roll with someone that's on the same skill level as I am, it all works. And I'm like, what the heck? Cause yeah. some days I'll have some rolls with some guys that are on my same level. And I'm like, everything I did worked. What the heck? And then when I roll with the blue belts, nothing works. And I'm like, I'm the worst. And I'm like, no, that's your ego talking because you're, you're comparing, uh -huh. but you're a nail right now. No big deal, but that's still sharpening you. It's still making you better. And that's one thing I was starting to think about as far as technique wise is there's times where spazzy white belt part of me, I'm trying to get the arm bar so bad and I'm forcing it so hard and it's really hard to get. And then lately, because I've just been trying to say, Hey, if it comes, it comes. I got a, uh, an arm bar yesterday where it, there was no forcing it at all. It was just set up properly. I had, I put my leg over their head at the right time when they were off balance and it just came together. Right. And I'm not saying cause I was skilled, it, you know, I, I understand the concept, but I'm still trying to get them to work. And it just worked that time where I'm like, oh, the arm bar was so simple. It was just easy. It was effort. It was very gentle. I didn't have to force their arm in the position or anything. It was very gentle and they tapped right away. And I'm like, Oh, that's what coach talks about when you shouldn't have to force this stuff. And I'm like, Oh wow. There's so much to learn because you have to get everything right. The right timing, the balance, everything has to go right for you to be able to get the technique in that effortless way. And it's yeah. the same thing for life. How much in life are you forcing and resisting and, and you're, you're really trying to force it when if it, if you're forcing it, you should let go of it and try it. You know, you're not in the right position. You're not doing it right. So yeah. I don't know if any of that helps, but yeah, I really think, for me, accepting the adversity of being the nail, as soon as you accept it, it becomes an advantage and you start learning more. Yeah. No, I agree, man. Um, just real quick to touch on that. It's kind of like when you go up, like uh, when you play baseball and you go up to bat and you put the weights on your bat before you hit, you know, when you're swinging with the weights. And then when you take it off, you're going to swing a lot harder. It's the same with, like, for instance, right now, I don't know if I mentioned, but since we've been back, like, you know, things are picking up after like the major lockdowns and shit. So the, the classes are a bit smaller and it's the same group of guys from my school. 
that are going. It's a small group, about 10 or 12 of us. But right now, everybody in there is a little bit better than me. It's mostly white belts and blue belts. There's some higher belts, but um, for the white belts and blue belts, they're all a little better than me. So when we roll, I'm, for the most part, I'm the fucking nail right now again, you know? And being off six months injured, you, you, you forget some of the muscle memory shit. And every day I'm coming out of there like, fuck, nothing is, wor- nothing is working. Nothing is working. Nothing is working. And I got to remind myself, this is good that nothing's working because eventually you keep jumping into that flame. Shit is going to work. If you were going against people who you would beat up very easy, who you could, or you, who you could whoop up on easily, you're not going to get any better, you know? So even yeah. if you think there's no progress, there is progress. It's just, uh, you know, and, and another thing, while I'm on the topic, I, I spoke with a really cool, one of our blue belts, really fucking, he's like really good. He trains like every day, you know, like twice a day. He's blue belt right now. He's probably close, but a uh, big kid, um, probably like six, three, but he, he's very gentle when he rolls and very calm and very technical. And I've noticed that when I roll with him, he doesn't give any fucking effort, you know, like he just very technical. And we were talking about my injuries and he was like, yeah, man, it took me a year before I stopped spazzing out. And he said it took an injury for him to teach him to be technical. You know, like he wouldn't learn the lesson, wouldn't learn the lesson until he got hurt. And then he got hurt and he he hurt, he blew his knee out. And he was like, fuck, maybe I should learn jujitsu more technically and stop forcing things and stop trying to win and just let it come. And and when you can start getting into that mindset is when you can really learn jujitsu. And, you know, I think that shitty injury where I could barely walk has enabled, I think in the long run, that's going to make my jujitsu game better because I'm no longer going crazy and trying to beat people. I'm just fucking going with the flow and trying to see what works. And, uh, and if that means being the fucking nail for a while, that's a good thing. So don't, if you're new to jujitsu, don't get discouraged if you're, if you're the nail and you're getting hammered on every day in day out, because eventually someone's going to walk in there who is new like you were and shit's going to start working. And you're going to, and you're going to, your confidence is going to go up and you're going to realize it's just a progression. It's a slow progression, you know, and there's always going to be challenges, but it's going to keep making you better every day. So, yeah, I think when I stick to like the intermediate or like the all levels classes, that's when it's harder for me. And that's when I learn, like, if I'm just going against people that all my stuff works against, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. So, yeah. and I think that's what, I think jujitsu proves that's true. Yeah. So I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful to be the nail. And as soon as I get another stripe or get to a blue belt, Hey, time to, now you really are the nail. Now you're really going to get hammered. So it's like, yeah, great. And now it's, you it's it. learning to learning to accept that, fall in love with that. The book that I'm just now, I got it on audible. So I don't know if you can count it as reading, but listening to, um, is can't hurt me by that David Goggins, man he had a rough like life so far, like from what I've listened to. And, and it's his, his mentality. It's his mindset of just, he completely accepts the pain and the challenges and the adversity and willingly and, and gladly accepts it. And that's when you really begin to grow and evolve is when you accept, you know, cause that, that's one thing I think that society has tricked us is, into thinking is, Oh, everything's supposed to be yay, happy and, and good. Everything. What about like 50% of life is suffering? What if that was true? Like, and there's value in that. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. And if you seek it out and you go and you look for discomfort, you will grow. You will find an evolution to your soul, to your mind, to your body, to who you are as a person. 
you're going to be kinder to people. You're not going to be screaming in people's face. They're, I would never do that to someone, even if they upset me. As long as you don't harm my children and my wife, hey, have at it. You want to take my car? Go joyriding it. I don't care. I, I would never try to hurt someone over property. But as long as you don't hurt my family, I, I love everyone. I want to be kind to people. I would never walk up and spit in someone's face or yell at their face. I would never do something like that. I would be very embarrassed and, and sad to do something like that because I, I just, I really believe that we're here to evolve. That's the whole point. How can you evolve? How can you grow? How can you get out of autopilot, find some adversity in your life, whether it's controlled or whatever, however you want to create it, uh, find it in a way that, that helps you grow. You know, and, and I think jujitsu is a blessing because you can train and learn so much. Almost the value that you, you do find value in a life and death situation like we were in as cops. I grew a lot from that stuff. Seeing life, oh, yeah. I view it a lot differently because I, I value life a lot more than most people do. I do. I look at every life as so precious because I've watched people die, sadly. And, and you know, I enjoy my family and my kids. I feel blessed every single day I'm alive. Um, I see life differently because of that. And I think the closest thing you can get to that kind of value and that kind of pers perspective change is being in jujitsu. It's training. It feels like a fight. That is very similar to what a fight will feel like. Of course, there's some striking and some other stuff going on that they, gladly is not in jujitsu because people get hurt way too much if you, there was there. But it's a very safe environment to train and, and get that kind of experience and adversity without the harm that comes from the violence of actual fights, you know? Yeah, I really think it's a great environment to learn and to evolve your soul, which is why this is called Soul Roller. So, yeah, exactly, man. Yep. Uh, and surrender, like you said, that was a big part of what you were saying right there is, is just going into each day in life. You, you got you have to surrender in jujitsu. You got to tap. You got to surrender. You have to fucking learn to surrender. You're going to get hurt because the opposite of surrender is when you have your ego when your ego is there not letting you and trying to control the situation and, you know, and, and think that you're the most important thing in this, in, in the situation. But, uh, when you learn to surrender, you know, life starts to flow to you a little better and you learn and you can grow easier, you know? So, yeah. um, that was one of my biggest lessons in that I learned when I went down to Peru, <clears throat> when I went down to Peru and, and did my ayahuasca ceremonies, like the biggest of all the lessons that I kind of took from that, the biggest one, it was given to me by whatever the fuck gave it to me was surrender in life. Let it fucking go, man. Surrender to it all. Surrender to the flow of life. And that's when the ecstasy of life will fucking make its way into your life, you know? And so we need to talk my, about my that maybe on surrender. the next episode. Yeah, we can go, go into surrender. that trip to oh, yeah. Yeah, surrender your ayahuasca experience. My, my trip to Thailand, um, we can go into a lot of that cool stuff because I think it yeah, all kind of led us to, it. if you ask me, it led us to jujitsu or it led us to, to enjoy jujitsu at a deeper level and, and in so doing, enjoy life at a deeper level. So yeah, that's kind of my goal is to really, I hope, hope that people don't take out of this, like the cop stories. It's more perspective. It's more just experiences we had that helped us uh, understand this kind of stuff in a deeper level. And we're just sharing openly, um, vulnerably, not to offend anyone, not to you know, hurt anyone's feelings or anything like that. It's just, I really want to be vulnerable in all that we've experienced and how it's related to what we're going through now. And, and so I hope that people can take away that kind of contextual understanding of what we shared in this. And it's not, I'm not trying to brag, you know, there's a lot we experienced in being a cop and I'm grateful for it all, but I'm also very grateful not to, to be a cop anymore too. I think my journey was meant to go past that and be where I'm in now. So I love cops. I love 
everyone. I, I, I hope everyone can, you know, find some solution to all this stuff going on, but we're just sharing it to give people a different perspective. So I hope everyone understands that. Oh yeah. I'm sure they do, man. That's it's, it's needed in the world right now, man. You know, like we've been like, there's a lot of people with opinions on, on this type of shit who never experienced it. We're giving you firsthand experience where we had our hands in the fucking blood. You know what I mean? We've been fucking experienced death, injured, decapitated human beings, children with the bones popping out of their legs, fucking brains blown out all over a wall, you know, fighting for your life, all that type of shit. You know, we've, ex we've fucking bit your friend getting his fucking head blown off, you know, like. I've ex we've experienced that shit. So if you haven't experienced, then you can either listen or you can judge, you can do whatever, but this is real shit coming from real minds and real people who have been there and who have taken ourselves into another place through personal growth and through jujitsu and through things that, uh, and if there's people, you know, going through all that, it can fuck you up mentally, man. And there's a lot of guys out there addicted to um, antidepressants that go through that stuff or, or they drink alcohol all the time, you know, and we're trying to show a natural, positive way to connect with yourself and find happiness in your life. In order to do that, sometimes we have to share the dark things we've been through. And I'm sure that people will understand that. And if they don't, they're not ready to accept the truth, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And in that, there's healing in that, too, sharing this truth, sharing our our journey. There's dark, part, dark parts of my journey and, and things that I don't even want my kids to know about and this and that just because I'm there's still things in there that hurt, you know, there's still pain and wounds in there from the experiences we had as cops. And, um, I think this is a healing process for me and I hope it can be healing for others. You know, maybe mm -hmm. you're a cop and you're going through stuff and this, you know, you don't know who you are. Or maybe there's some dark stuff going on in your head. You're not alone. Or maybe you're, you're on the other end. Maybe you're in a gang and you've experienced police that are violent towards you and this and that. Like we're all in this together, and and I, I hope that we can all you know through jujitsu the the way that the equalizer that that mat is. I've ruled the guys that obviously have gang tattoos and stuff like that, and being on the mat together made me closer to them and made me see things from their perspective and and really put me in a place where I can understand them better. And I think that's the beauty of jujitsu and the healing aspect of it. And uh, I, I I think it's something that can bring us all together and not separate us and pull us apart. So see the, the vulnerability, the healing, the, you know, the truth in all this, and we all get better for it. So yeah, man, this, this the, is a good episode it's, for them. It's the, it's the great equalizer, man. The, I, I yeah. feel like the, the mat, like you said on the last episode, it's a sacred place and it's an equalizer, you know, like you get on there, no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, when you get on the mat, and you, you're fighting with somebody, you know, you become brothers through that. It doesn't matter. It does not matter who you are. You become fucking, you become brothers, man. And, uh, and then that's kind of a, like, that'll show you, you know, that's uh, a, a bigger picture for how life should be in general, you know? So, yeah. Anyhow. All right. Yeah. Well, it's probably one disclaimer to, before uh, we go we go off is just any noise in the background I apologize for on my part um, just in public so trying to do this but we're going to stay consistent to this and uh, oh I got a call one second all right and we're still recording so real quick since William got a call I want to throw this in there hit me up at the increased life on Instagram hit up William at the will Dennis um, on Instagram and uh, just subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it wherever you're listening to it. 
and tell somebody about it who it may help. You know, um, that's what we're trying to do is just uh, provide a service for, you know, anybody who may need it, who's been through this, who's going through the same shit we've been through and we stepped out of. So William's back and he looks like he's going to finish his errand. So um, hit us up with any questions and yeah, man. Any, any last words there, William, before we hit the road on the Soul Rollers podcast, episode number two? No, just grateful to be on this journey with you, man. We've been through a lot together, and uh, you've been a huge part of my life. So just blessed to uh, be on this with you and to be in jujitsu together and everything we're experiencing in life. I'm just uh, super grateful. Likewise, man. Likewise, bro. Have a good day. and See you on the, uh, we'll, we'll see you on the next one. See you on the yep. next one, man. All right. And we'll, uh, All right, we'll talk during this week. All right. All right, bro. Love you, man. Bye. Love you. Later.